in a quaint village nestled amidst the dense forests of Mexico. There lived a woman named Isabella. She had a young daughter named Sophia, whom she cherished more than anything else in the world. Their bond was unbreakable, forged through countless moments of laughter, shared dreams, and tender embraces. One fateful night, as Isabella and Sophia were returning home from a visit to their neighbors, tragedy struck. A speeding car careened around the corner, its headlights blinding in the darkness. Before Isabella could react, her precious Sophia darted into the street, the screech of brakes piercing in the night air. In a heartbeat, Sophia's laughter was silenced forever, her life extinguished by one cruel hand of fate. Isabella's world shattered into a million pieces. Consumed by grief and overwhelming despair, she found herself drawn to the ancient arts of dark magic. With trembling hands and tears streaming down her face, she delved into forbidden tomes and whispered incantations of vengeance. But the dark magic exacted a terrible price. As Isabella's thirst for revenge grew, so too did the darkness within her soul. With each incantation, she felt a piece of herself slipping away, consumed by the insatiable hunger of the forbidden power she wielded. One moonlit night, as Isabella stood at the edge of a cliff overlooking the forest, she felt a searing pain rip through her body. Her skin contorted, her bones twisted, and feathers sprouted from her flesh. In a blaze of agony and despair, Isabella was transformed into a creature, a vengeful spirit, cursed to haunt the night skies forevermore. Now with eyes glowing with malice and wings spanning the night, she prowls the forests of Mexico, her mournful cries echoing through the darkness. Welcome to Freaky Folklore the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing La Lechuza, a spectral owl-like creature with glowing eyes and a mournful cry that haunts the night skies seeking vengeance. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com such as Destination Terror. You can listen to a new episode every week as I take you to horrifying destinations, both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. The river was serene and picturesque, winding its way through the heart of central Mexico, flowing gently through lush greenery and towering trees. The river provided an oasis. Its crystal-clear waters shimmered in the afternoon sunlight as two sisters, fresh from a swim in the river's cool waters, relaxed. 
Emerging from the depths of the forest, two large glowing amber eyes fixated on the sisters with a sinister intent. Behind the piercing gaze stirred memories of a young girl with long dark hair, her laughter echoing like a bubbling stream, now distorted into something altogether more ominous. I wish we could do this every day instead of picking apples, Bianca said to her twin sister Teresa as they soaked up the warm summer sun lying on the serape their mother had made them when they were small. Teresa had taken the serape everywhere she went ever since their mother had passed away six years earlier, and it was a comfort for them both to have near, like having a piece of her still with them. Me too, but if we lazed around every day, there would be no one to help Papa pick the apples. And besides, El Coco comes for the lazy, Teresa replied seriously. Bianca rolled her eyes. Her twin sister was the serious one, where she was the dreamer. She would love nothing more than to explore the forest with abandon or read her fantasy books that she got from the book exchange. She was surprised that Teresa even believed in El Coco, since she was always so practical. She rolled over onto her side to look at Teresa's face to see if her twin was joking. You know, lazy or not, you shouldn't say his name, Bianca warned teasingly. It's bad luck. It's only bad luck if you believe in those childish stories, Teresa replied. Bianca rolled back over. When I grow up, I'm going to write books about El Coco, La Llorona, El Charo Negro, and all of the other scary monsters here in Mexico, Bianca proclaimed. People all around the world will read my books and be terrified. Then they'll make movies about them, and we'll be rich. No more picking apples on hot summer days. That's a nice dream, Bianca, but just in case that doesn't work, when I grow up, I'm going to learn how to market Mama's apple jams and empanadas. I'll show Papa how to start an online store, then he can hire people to pick the apples. As Bianca gazed at Teresa, imagining their future adventures and ambitions, a mischievous grin spread across her face. And maybe, she added with a twinkle in her eye, we can even hire El Coco as our scarecrow to scare the lazy workers. Teresa burst into laughter, unable to contain her amusement at Bianca's playful suggestion. The idea of employing the legendary boogeyman as a scarecrow was both absurd and hilarious, and soon the twins were giggling uncontrollably, their laughter echoing through the forest and filling the warm summer air with joy. In that moment, lying side by side on the serape their mother had made lovingly, Bianca and Teresa realized that no matter what the future held, as long as they had each other, they could conquer any challenge and turn any dream into reality. Little did they know, however, that a looming nightmare was about to descend upon them, threatening to shatter their peaceful existence and change their lives forever. Deep within the forest lurked a creature haunted by the memory of a daughter who bore a striking resemblance to the twins, but her precious child had been torn away from her in a sudden, agonizing manner. As she gazed upon the sisters, a fierce longing welled up within her fueled by a desire for revenge. In her heart burned a thirst for retribution. 
to inflict upon their father the same anguish that had shattered her own existence. Suddenly, a strange and unsettling whistle pierced through the peaceful tranquility of the forest. Echoing eerily through the trees, Bianca and Teresa exchanged wary glances, their hearts quickening with apprehension at the unfamiliar sound. What was that? Teresa whispered, her voice trembling with uncertainty, as the haunting whistle continued to reverberate through the forest. Bianca's mischievous grin widened as she seized the opportunity to tease Teresa, her voice dripping with mock fear. That could be almost anything, she remarked ominously. But do you think it could be El Sabon? Bianca feigned a tremor in her voice, relishing the chance to playfully spook her sister. They say his whistle heralds tragedy and misfortune. Teresa rolled her eyes, unamused by Bianca's antics. Or, Bianca continued with a sly grin, it could be La Lechuza, the bruja that disguises herself as an owl to snatch babies and small children. Shut up, Bianca, Teresa snapped, her patience wearing thin. Those are just made-up stories to scare little kids. Ignoring her sister's protest, Bianca's eyes sparkled with mischief as she added, But there is a way, at least if it's La Lechuza, to find out. With that mischievous glint still in her eye, Bianca puckered her lips and began to mimic the whistle, a playful challenge to whatever may lurk in the shadows of the forest. Bianca's playful whistle hung in the air for a moment before. To her surprise, it was met with another whistle, echoing back from the depths of the forest. Teresa's eyes widened in alarm as she whispered, Did you hear that? Bianca nodded slowly, her heart pounding in her chest. I, I think someone's out there, she replied, her voice barely above a whisper. But Teresa's obvious fear only encouraged Bianca, who whistled again. Bianca couldn't resist the temptation to test the limits of their courage. With a mixture of curiosity and apprehension, she puckered her lips once more and let out a third whistle into the depths of the forest. The sound echoed through the trees, mingling with the rustling leaves and distant chirping of birds. For a moment, there was only silence, broken only by the thudding of Bianca and Teresa's hearts in their chests. Then, to their astonishment, the whistle was answered yet again, this time closer and more distinct than before. Bianca had finally managed to scare herself as she reached over and grabbed Teresa's hand. We need to go, she whispered urgently, her voice quivering with fear. Teresa didn't argue. She stood quickly, grabbed the serape, and followed Bianca as she climbed down off the rock. In order to get back home, they had to walk the trail that led through the forest. They had walked this trail countless times before, but today they were uneasy constantly looking over their shoulders. Isn't La Lechuza the one that lures you with a whistle?
Bianca asked again as she tried to recollect the memory of the story her mother used to tell them. Suddenly, unsure of herself, and hoping that she was wrong. I think so, Teresa answered. But can we talk about this once we're home? I'm a little freaked out right now. I know those tales aren't real, but still. It was probably just a bird. You know, I saw a big owl in the barn last week. I think it was hunting mice. Bianca felt a little guilty for scaring Teresa so badly, so she attempted to lead her thoughts in another direction. That's not helping, Bianca, Teresa warned. Okay, then. I bet I can make it home before you. Teresa was the faster runner, but Bianca knew that the challenge would get them out of the woods faster, and then they could forget about the spooky whistle. Bianca quickly picked up her pace until she was at a full run. She could hear Teresa right behind her. It was like she had already known what Bianca was thinking before she even spoke. They sprinted down the familiar trail, hopping over fallen branches and dodging hanging limbs, just like they had done so many times before. Soon Teresa's fear turned to laughter as she gained on her sister. She didn't even notice when the beloved Serape slipped from beneath her arm and fell to the forest floor. She passed Bianca with ease and held the lead until they reached the fence that lined the front yard of their house. Teresa grabbed the post that held the gate in place and exclaimed, Soy el ganador! Bianca was so out of breath she couldn't even speak. She just smiled and put her arm around Teresa's shoulder as they walked together into the house. As the winner, I proclaim that you have to prepare supper tonight, Teresa demanded playfully. Okay, okay, Bianca finally managed to choke out. After changing into dry clothes, Bianca pulled her hair up and went to the kitchen. She was looking through the cabinets when she heard Teresa's panicked voice coming from the bedroom. Oh no, oh no. Bianca went to their room and opened the door to find Teresa looking distraught. I think I dropped the serape on the trail. I'll have to go back and get it. Her face seemed to go somewhat pale at the thought. Bianca felt her sister's anguish as they seemed to share many of their stronger emotions. She looked out the bedroom window, where she could see that the sun was beginning to set. I'll go, if you'll start supper, Bianca offered. It was my idea to race anyway. Teresa stared at Bianca obviously torn about allowing her sister to go back to the forest alone. But she knew that if they didn't retrieve the serape tonight, it may get ruined or even be gone tomorrow. Okay, she said. It's a deal, but hurry and be careful. It'll be dark soon. As Bianca walked back down the trail in the darkening forest, she heard the eerie whistle again. But this time she didn't answer. Instead, she hurried her steps. She traced their earlier steps back down the trail until she found the serape hanging on a bush. Quickly, she grabbed it up and tucked it under her arm. But the whistle came again, closer this time. The hairs on her neck and arm stood on end. Her heartbeat began to quicken. Her instincts told her to run but she heard something that made her hesitate. Bianca! 
She heard her name, as if it was carried on the wind. The voice seemed achingly familiar. A slight movement amongst the trees caught her attention, and she tried hard to focus as the sunlight was quickly fading. There, standing just beneath a large willow, was a woman. She was wearing a loose white dress that seemed to be flowing with the breeze. Just like the voice, there was something familiar about this woman. Bianca rubbed her eyes. It can't be. Mama? It came out in a whisper. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. We were all kids once, and I bet there isn't one person out there that wasn't scared of something that we may now see as unrealistic. I was afraid of the boogeyman, and then Bigfoot, who seemed more like a realistic boogeyman to my young self. These fears came from none other than my parents, my mom to be exact, but she thought that scaring me into good behavior was the right thing to do. Oh my, how times have changed, and how large has the therapy bill grown. Almost every culture around the world has at some point deliberately implanted fears into the minds of their children in order to encourage good behavior or to keep them safe from their own foolish acts. Today's freaky folklore creature is about one of those many characters created through cautionary tales warning children of the dangers of being out after dark, venturing into forbidden places, and dabbling in things that are forbidden such as alcohol or the dark arts. The story of Lala Chusa is proof that not heeding the warning of your elders and past generations may have dire consequences. Lala Chusa is a popular legend in Hispanic folklore, particularly in Mexico and parts of Latin America, also including Texas and California. The story varies in detail depending on the region, but the core narrative typically revolves around a witch who can transform into an owl known as Lala Chusa which translates to owl in English. Owls hold a significant place in folklore and history worldwide, often associated with wisdom, mystery, and sometimes with dark or supernatural forces. In relation to La Lechuza, the perception of owls in folklore and history intertwines with the legend, 
amplifying its eerie and mysterious qualities. In some folklore traditions, owls are seen as harbingers of death or ill fortune. Their eerie calls in the night and nocturnal activities have led to superstitions associating their presence with impending doom. In the legend of La Lechuza, the owl's cry, mimicking that of a baby or producing haunting whistles, adds to this perception, heightening fear and foreboding. Owls have long been linked to spirits, witches, and other supernatural entities in folklore. Their silent flight and piercing gaze contribute to their enigmatic reputation. In the case of La Lechuza, the transformation of a witch into an owl further solidifies their connection, blurring the lines between the natural and supernatural worlds. It is said that La Lechuza, specifically a white owl, is a bruja, or witch, that has taken the form of this owl. There are small owls that are believed to be witches, but the legend of La Lechuza is one giant owl, but there are other stories and reports that it is a black owl. It is said to be seven feet tall and has a wingspan of 15 feet. Although it is an owl, sometimes it is said to have the face of an old woman. This specific Lechuza has been reported only in Chihuahua, Coalia, Durango, Nuevo León, and Tampolipa, and in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas and California, especially Southern California. In most renditions of the legend, the Lechuza is portrayed as a woman who suffered injustice and now seeks vengeance. Sometimes villagers are said to have killed her child, while in other versions, the child perished due to a drunkard's actions, prompting her to target intoxicated individuals. Alternatively, some iterations claim that the witch herself was slain by locals and returned from the dead seeking retribution. Depending on the source, the Lechuza may be depicted as a singular witch or any witch capable of assuming the form of this giant owl, having bargained her soul to the devil and undergoing transformation at night. According to folklore, the Lechuza's cry mimics that of a baby or produces eerie whistles, which it employs to lure victims outside, intending to seize them for its meal. Hearing the Lechuza's cry is often deemed an omen of death, foretelling the demise of a family member, while dreaming of the creature is also considered ominous. With its immense size, the Lechuza is reputedly capable of carrying off fully grown adults in its talons. Additionally, it is believed to summon storms and remain impervious to gunfire, preying upon human emotions and often appearing during domestic conflicts to await its next victim's emergence. In certain versions of the legend, the Lechuza exclusively targets adult men, while others suggest its preference for newborn babies, especially those not yet baptized. A common warning advises against whistling three times at midnight, purportedly an invitation to the Lechuza. She might even whistle or screech annoyingly outside your window until you're so irritated that you'll open your window and bam, she will pounce on you and scratch your eyes out. Instances are recounted of the creature swooping down on cars, matching their speed. According to legend, salt serves as protection against it, leading many to apply salt to their windows at night for safeguarding. 
should one encounter the Lechuza. Some recommend cursing it to drive it away, although caution is urged as this might provoke it further. Another protective measure involves tying a rope with seven knots and hanging it on one's door as a gesture of acknowledgement and respect for the Lechuza. Certain versions of the legend suggest reciting prayers, especially from the Gospel of St. Luke, in Spanish, and then backwards as a means of salvation. Numerous accounts exist of sightings of the Lechuza, such as one from Nuevo Laredo in the 1950s. In this tale, the town was terrorized by La Lechuza, prompting locals to devise a plan to eradicate it. They used a child as bait to lure the creature out of the trees, and when it attempted to snatch the child, they fired at it with guns, managing only to strike its claws before it fled. The following day, they visited the home of the suspected witch, believed to be the Lechuza, finding her with a bandaged leg. In one account, a group of friends decided to camp near a remote forest in Mexico. As they sat around their campfire, they heard a strange, haunting cry echoing through the trees. At first, they dismissed it as the call of a normal owl. However, as the night wore on, the cry grew louder and more insistent, sending shivers down their spines. Suddenly, they saw a large, shadowy figure with glowing eyes perched on a nearby branch. Frozen with fear, they watched as the creature transformed into an old woman before their eyes. Terrified, they fled from the forest, vowing never to return. Another story tells of a farmer who lived on the outskirts of a small village. One night, as he worked late in his fields, he heard the unmistakable cry of La Lechuza. Ignoring the warnings of his neighbors, he continued his work, convinced that the legend was nothing more than superstition. Suddenly he felt a powerful gust of wind and saw a massive owl swooping down towards him. In a panic, he tried to fend off the creature, but it was no use. The next morning, his neighbors found him lying unconscious in his fields, with deep claw marks covering his body. The legend of La Lechuza has made a notable impact on popular culture, especially in regions where the tale is deeply ingrained in folklore. Curse of the Lechuza, 2009, is a movie that features La Lechuza, directed by Tommy Nix. This horror film is also known as the Lechuza Chronicles, Volume 1. In the movie, a group of friends embark on a camping trip in the Texas countryside where they encounter the legendary creature known as La Lechuza. As they delve deeper into the mystery surrounding the creature, they uncover dark secrets and face terrifying encounters with the supernatural. While it may not be as widely known as some other horror films, it contributes to the cinematic portrayal of the La Lechuza legend, adding to its cultural significance and influence in popular culture. La Lechuza 2015 is a Mexican horror film directed by Rafael Lara. In this movie, a group of friends embark on a road trip through the Mexican countryside. Along the way, they encounter a mysterious and enigmatic woman who is rumored to be La Lechuza, a legendary creature from Mexican folklore. 
As the friends delve deeper into the mystery surrounding the woman and the legend, they find themselves facing terrifying encounters with the supernatural. The film draws heavily upon Mexican folklore and the legend of La Lechuza. The story explores themes of fear, superstition, and the consequences of meddling with dark forces. As the friends confront the malevolent entity, they must grapple with their own beliefs and fears while fighting for their survival. La Lechuza contributes to the cinematic portrayal of the legend, adding to its cultural significance and influence in Mexican horror cinema. The film offers a modern interpretation of the age-old legend, bringing it to a new audience while paying homage to its traditional roots and folklore. In the end, the tale of La Lechuza is a bone-chilling reminder of the shadows that lurk just beyond our sight. It warns of the perils that await those who dare to delve too deeply into the mysteries of the night. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The stew was simmering by the time Papa made it home for the evening meal. Teresa welcomed him with a cup of watermelon aqua fresca. Thank you for the drink, mija. Papa said with a tired smile, taking the refreshing drink from Teresa's outstretched hand. As he settled at the table, his gaze fell upon Teresa's troubled expression. Where is your sister? Papa inquired, his concern palpable in the dimly lit room. Teresa hesitated, unsure of how to tell her papa what had happened in the forest, and that Bianca had left and had not yet returned. It was well after dark, and worry had set in long ago. She had started to go look for her, but she was too afraid to go alone. She hesitated, her fingers tightening around the edge of the tablecloth. I, I don't know, Papa, she finally admitted, her voice trembling slightly. She went back into the forest when we came back from our swim. I dropped Mama's serape, and Bianca offered to go get it but she hasn't returned yet. Papa's brows furled with worry as he set down his cup, the color draining from his face. But it's getting dark, he murmured, his voice thick with apprehension. We must find her. Teresa's fear intensified as she witnessed the concern etched upon her papa's face. His eyes betrayed that he knew something beyond what he revealed. And with a sense of urgency, he darted to the kitchen, seizing a bag of salt. Then, hastening to his bedroom, he emerged with their mother's crucifix, firmly clasped around his hand. We must hurry. There may not be much time, he urged, his voice edged with urgency. Papa, shouldn't we take your gun? Teresa asked, her voice tinged with concern. If we're dealing with what I think, a gun won't be of much use, Papa replied gravely, 
we'll need other means to protect ourselves. Teresa's mind raced. What wasn't he telling her? As they ventured into the night in search of Bianca, the brilliance of the full moon illuminated their path, casting a glow upon the surrounding landscape. Teresa trailed behind Papa as they retraced the familiar path leading toward the riverbank, where just hours earlier, she and Bianca had played in the peaceful waters. Papa came to a halt as the haunting hoot of an owl pierced the night air. Teresa noticed how he instinctively clasped her mother's crucifix tightly to his chest, uttering a prayer under his breath. Papa, what is it? What's going on? Teresa asked, her voice quivering with apprehension. Papa drew in a deep breath, gathering his thoughts before speaking. I've kept this from you girls for years, thinking it would spare you pain. He began, his voice heavy with remorse. Six years ago, your mother passed away, but I never shared the full truth of how it happened. I had a drinking problem back then, a lingering habit from my youth. He paused his words as if gathering the strength to continue. One fateful night, I drank too much and couldn't find my way home. I passed out on the road, leaving your mother worried and searching for me in the truck. When she finally found me, I was acting recklessly, intoxicated beyond reason. In her attempt to steer the truck, she didn't see a young girl on the road until it was too late. The collision with the girl and then a tree took both their lives that tragic night. The girl's mother came to me later. She was blind with grief and rage. She swore revenge and spat on our doorstep. I never saw her again after that, but I always believed she might return someday. He choked back a sob, his emotions threatening to overwhelm him. Teresa felt a surge of empathy as she witnessed her father's anguish, but her empathy began to turn to anger as she realized the depth of the tragedy that her papa had secretly been responsible for all these years. It wasn't her or Bianca's fault that this terrible thing had happened. They had already lost their mother. Wasn't that enough? Why should she have to face the prospect of losing her sister too? Anger and frustration bubbled up inside Teresa, fueled by the injustice of it all. We'll find her, Papa, and we'll bring her home. Teresa proclaimed with determination. But her words were quickly followed by a familiar whistle coming from deep within the forest. La Lechuza, Papa whispered, his voice barely audible over the rustling leaves and the haunting whistle that seemed to draw closer with each passing moment. As they tracked the whistle deeper into the forest, the deep canopy above cast shadows that danced into the moonlight. Their steps were muffled by the thick underbrush, and an eerie silence hung in the air, broken only by the occasional rustle of leaves or distant hoot of an owl. Finally, they stumbled upon the source of the sound, a majestic white owl. Its wings spread wide as it perched upon a gnarled tree branch. 
In its talons, the creature held Bianca, her form limp and unconscious, a stark contrast against the owl's powerful grasp. The air grew heavy with tension as the owl fixed its piercing gaze upon Papa and Teresa. Its voice, a chilling echo that seemed to emanate from the depth of the forest itself, cut through the silence. You took what I love, it declared, its tone dripping with malice. Now I will take everything your heart holds dear. When I am done picking the bones of this child clean, I'll feast on the other. With a swift and menacing motion, the owl lowered its sharp beak toward Bianca's throat, poised to strike. But before it could make contact, Teresa's piercing scream shattered the stillness of the night, echoing through the trees. The sound seemed to startle the owl, causing it to falter for just a moment, its glowing eyes widening in surprise. In that fleeting instant, Papa seized the opportunity to act, his heart pounding with fear. With a swift and decisive motion, he raised the crucifix high above his head, its silver surface gleaming in the moonlight. The owl recoiled at the sight, its form shimmering as if repelled by the sacred symbol of protection. In that moment, Teresa's scream seemed to carry with it a surge of primal energy fueling Papa's resolve as he stood his ground against the dark forces that threatened his family. Papa's voice rang out, his voice laced with desperation. Take me! My daughters are innocent! His voice echoed through the forest, a plea born of a father's love and sacrificial bravery. In the face of the menacing owl, Papa stood resolute his outstretched arms shielding Teresa from harm. With a steely gaze, he dared the creature to accept his offer, to spare his beloved Bianca and Teresa from the cruel fate that the witch threatened. But as the seconds stretched into eternity, there was no response from the owl, no acknowledgement of Papa's sacrifice. Instead, a tense silence descended upon the clearing broken only by the rhythmic beat of Papa's heart and the soft rustle of leaves in the evening breeze. For a fleeting moment, Papa's resolve wavered, uncertainty creeping into his mind like tendrils of shadow. But then, with a silent prayer on his lips, he squared his shoulders and braced himself for whatever fate may come. No, the owl said flatly, you must suffer the way I have suffered. With a suddenness that left them frozen in shock, the owl swooped down and viciously tore open Bianca's throat. Teresa's piercing scream shattered the stillness of the night, reverberating through the forest. Papa, overwhelmed with emotion, collapsed to his knees, rendered helpless by grief. Seizing the moment of vulnerability, the owl seized Teresa and with a powerful stroke of its wings, lifted her into the air, disappearing into the darkness. Her cries dwindled into the distance, leaving behind 
only an ominous silence, punctuated by the mournful hooting of a distant owl. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there because this world is a strange one.